Debbie Downsiders, this is Joe Marco Cerezi with a little special intro. Uh, I guess special or maybe not special. Um, uh, probably you, you think the latter if you're a fan of this show. Um, we recorded a live episode with Broadway's two-time Tony-nominated performer, Joshua Henry. And uh, normally what we do with these live episodes we exclusively put them on the Patreon, and then, as you may remember, we release an excerpt on the main feed. Um, this episode was uh, uh, getting a lot of uh, good attention, and, and some people really wanted it on the main feed. And I want to give you guys a, a taste of, like, uh, you know, what you're missing out by not being a Patreon member. So, here it is in full, uh, our episode with Joshua Henry. I say here it is like I'm not going to talk for another two minutes, so bear with me. We're going to get to the episode soon, I promise. Um, uh, if you're a fan of the show and you want uh, bonus episodes, all the live episodes, uh, my clean comedy special, The Rats Are In Me, which is not going to be released publicly, um, join the Patreon, patreon.com downside for as little as $5 a month. You can help support the show and help us grow. We have some insane guests coming up. This thing is growing. We got merch coming out soon. I, uh, I, I haven't shown it yet publicly, but I'm wearing a Debbie Downsider shirt right now. So, so uh, uh, join, join the movement. Um, uh, join the depression. I feel like that's like, that's what, you know, a, a group of geese is called a gaggle. A group of Debbie Downsiders is called a depression of Debbie Downsiders. Um, as always, if you want to see Russell, go watch him. Go see him in Titanic off-Broadway. Tonight, I'm headlining in Portland, Oregon at the Helium, April 11th. Uh, tomorrow night, I'll be doing a, 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 a benefit for Make-A-Wish in San Francisco. And then for this weekend, I'll be at Grand Rapids, Michigan at Dr. Grin's Comedy Club. But otherwise, enjoy this fantastic fucking episode with truly a guest above our our uh, punching class weight class above our weight class very good guest enjoy and join the patreon patreon.com slash downside thank you very much no you know what i'm back i realize i do these intros i record them alone they feel horrible and sterile i feel like a like a car salesman i don't say anything funny so uh, uh maybe what i'll do for now and if when i do these things i'll try to throw in throw in a joke i'm working on um, uh, so I turned, I turned, uh, uh, 34 recently and my friend told me he made a donation for my birthday. He made a donation in my name to children's cancer research, which is, you know, that's sweet, but it's too late for me to get children's cancer. Okay. Maybe I won't do it. Here's the episode. Bye. One, two, three. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With Gianmarco Cerezi. How are y'all doing tonight, everyone? Hello. Sorry, forgive me. Uh, hello. How are you? Thank you for coming. Thank you for braving the cold to be here. Uh, my name is Gianmarco Cerezi. This is a live recording of The Downside podcast. Uh, uh, so just so you guys know, a round of applause if you listen to the podcast, I assume. Some of you, good. Oh, good. good. Wow. So, so just so you know, I know when you listen at home, you know, in the privacy of your room, you're laughing hard. You are laughing at all the jokes. This is a live show, so feel free. Don't you don't have to be polite. You can laugh. Yeah. You can make noise. This is this is a show, and uh, uh, we're very happy to have you. I'm here with 
my co-host, star of Titanic Hi. off Broadway, Hi. Russell Daniels. Hi. Ooh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. And we're joined today. We're so we're so this is this is above our pay grade. Uh, very excited yeah. to have our second Tony nominated guest of the downside. Please big round of applause for Joshua Henry Woo! joining the downside. Yeah. Oh, hello, Joshua. How are you? I'm so good. How are you doing? Thank you. Now, I, I want to say uh, we talked a little bit. I, I, I went to the University of Miami for musical theater. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes I made in my entire life. <laughs> but the, one of the stars, one, one of the, the, the name that they always was passed around to, to keep us writing our tuition checks for $50,000 <laughs> was Joshua Henry. He graduated uh, 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 the year before I got there, but, but you were the guy. Uh, I had a teacher, and he would talk about your, your work ethic. And he said, this teacher, he said, I told Joshua one summer, I said, you, if you want to be on Broadway, you got to get strong. And he said, you came back from that summer with big, huge fucking arms. Oh. And that was, that was, that's, and, and I was like, I didn't take that advice. I didn't do that part at all. <laughs> but, uh, I, but I'm very honored to have you here. Oh, gosh, uh, thank you so much. It's, it's nice to be here representing the you. The you. As we call it. Uh, you know, you had a better experience than me, I think. But uh, I did know you from the, you did a master class. And then I met you once at a, on a subway. Uh, uh, you don't remember, it's okay. I, I, remember, I met you, <laughs> I met you briefly. I remember specifically because in, in, it was about a 30 second discussion. I shook your hand three times during that discussion. Oh, That's how anxious I was <laughs> that I shook your hand. I shook it again for some reason. And, and you're very nice. But the third one, I saw just a, a glint in your eye of why. I forgot. Why is he shaking my hand again? Yeah. <laughs> but but it all came to here. So so yes. Yeah. How how are you doing? I'm good. I'm really good. Um I really don't remember that. Yes, like please. you would think three times. Like I'm gonna definitely Yeah, remember, yeah, maybe I'd done four. You would have remembered you'd have been like that. Oh my god, the four handshake guy wants to do the podcast. So uh, uh, I uh, welcome to the downside for, for for people listening at home. This is a place where we're free to complain. Uh, we can be negative. You seem like a very positive guy. I am. Uh, but but you know, feel yeah. free to let it go. Right. Let it slide. Just be for honest. Tonight, I'm just all gonna... all the auditions you didn't get, let them fester through you and and let it bleed out today. Mm. I. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, Josh, Josh was a very accomplished a, a Broadway performer. You just did Beauty and the Beast live. Woo! Stressful? Yeah. It was not, actually. Really? I mean, it was really fast-paced. Beauty and the Beast live we did for, uh, you can see it on Disney Plus anywhere now. Um, but it was four and a half weeks of rehearsal and performance and getting like 6,000 shots. And it was, mm. so uh, that was the stressful part about it. Is, but was is, it live when, you, it was live? Um, it was in front of a live audience. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't live, right? You know, when you were seeing it at that point, we had it in the can. Um, is that, has that always been the case, or is that new? Because no, sometimes they try to actually do it live, which, in my opinion, everyone's saying that's why I don't think they're that good. <laughs> sure, you know. Sure. So, you know, you can record it live in front of an audience, um, but you know, we we did like three passes of everything so that. We can just select a little bit, oh, okay. you know, because when you but it still builds a little bit. Uh, it's not quite clear in the billing. No one says live pre-recorded. <laughs> I'm gonna start billing this as live for now on all the podcast episodes. Say, well, it was live when we recorded it. Yeah. People were alive during the recording yeah. session. Because <laughs> what was the first one of this? Like, what was the first live uh, uh, one? Sound of music. Sound uh, of music with uh, yeah. Car uh, Carrie Underwood. If you saw that, it went, oh. and she and who was the guy? The guy from True Blood, right? What's oh. his name? The guy from True Blood. 
I don't he know. Was, he was the guy. I don't remember his name, but uh, and it was it was it was met with with I think people liked it. I think people loved Carrie, and what I think one. What was the one they hated? Because like there was one Peter Pan. Right? They were pretty yes. tough on. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Broadway always has a mix. Where first of all, Broadway. A uh, lot of, lot of, uh, and I say this with love, as myself included. A lot of bitchy, a lot of bitchiness, a lot of like jabbing. But there's also mixed with like an extreme positivity because we all know theater is about yeah. to die any day now, and we have to support. Yes. So there was always like someone, like there's always like a contingency complaining, and then there's another yeah. contingency on Twitter, like guys. Do you know how hard it <laughs> yeah, is to yeah, make a Broadway yeah. show? <laughs> yeah, and I've been a part of that that contingency because it's like. <sighs> Half of the, like 70% of the banter online is like, you know, they could have gotten somebody to do this, or why did they get that person? I'm like, this is the first time, especially the sound of music. Sure. Um, there's only been like 10 of them in the last, what, 10 years? Yeah, well, I remember Rent was the one, which I think that was live. That was. Where someone got injured? Yeah, and then halfway through, you saw him, um, he, had a, he was in a wheelchair, Roger. Oh, brutal, just brutal. Like, with, with the guitar, yeah, it was. Uh, uh, they should just change it instead of AIDS. He just hurt his leg, and that was like the thing. <laughs> I feel like that's because I. Well, that was the rumor that like for high school productions of Rent that they did. I had heard a rumor that they had a high school version of Rent where it was Pink Eye instead of AIDS. Really? Yeah. No. Which I don't know how. Because that means Roger's girlfriend killed herself over yeah. Pink Eye, and it's like just wait a couple days. Yeah. No need to do this. Uh, I love when I love when schools change something of the show to like add their own. Like I heard a story once of uh, they didn't change it to to like to make it safer or anything, but it was a production of Annie, and at the end they changed it so. The very last scene after they're like getting a new deal for Christmas, you know she's been adopted. Yeah, everything's exciting. She they had her wake up in the orphanage again, like it was all a dream. <laughs> oh, like, I love like that. None of that good stuff happened, and it was just a dream. I was like, what a bold take as a high school to be like, this is what we're gonna say. Do that with every <laughs> musical, every happy ending musical. Uh, Oh. Uh, uh, what what other musicals could you just flip on, on? I also heard of a production once that had um, at the end of Company, you know, uh, he sings Being Alive. Yeah. They had him shoot himself. <gasps> I love it. I love it. I love it. Every play I ever wrote, by the way, yeah. the first draft always involved me killing myself yeah, 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 on stage. Yeah. I love that kind of ending. I, uh, 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 oh, I was trying. Oh, there was a production of Hamilton that was at uh, in Texas somewhere, right? In Texas at a church. Where they somehow made it uh, anti-gay, they somehow slipped that message in there somehow in the story of the founding fathers. They were—I don't remember all the messages, but there were a few messages that they they took out and put their own message in. The messages <laughs> in. And I'm really cool with Lin Manuel Miranda, and I remember when he just started tweeting about that, and he—I think he just got on Instagram and he sent them like a what was it called a, a cease and desist. Yeah, and it was like Twitter was blowing up, but. Yeah, he was not too pleased about that. Thankfully, they owned up to it afterwards, and they were like, we were so wrong. We should have never done this without permission and changing. So we're still anti-gay, but we should have gotten permission for all of this. Our position is the same, but we were wrong <laughs> to not ask we first. Publicly, yeah. um, so I, 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 thought, I thought to kind of start off, we, we'd go through, because we, we, I was a big theater kid. Russell uh, is, is still a theater kid. You're, mm -hmm. you're full-on uh, off-Broadway boy now. Yeah, yeah. So we thought we'd talk about uh, some, some just our, our most disastrous performance, something going wrong. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, did, you, did you have one? 
Uh, I have a couple, but I think uh, one that I always think of when I was a freshman in high school, uh, I, I, I had a small part. I was in Bye Bye Birdie, and I was playing... Um, I don't remember the name. It was like I had one line, and but I was I was the understudy for like the leads, like the the dad part, you know. Sure, sure, sure. Um, uh, and um, my line was, "Come on, Alice, Conrad's over here," and we like just I grab Alice, we run across the stage, say the line, and we run to the train station. You didn't say um, it like that, did you? You put no, some no, no, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, like, sure. I like really sold it, but um, so uh, so we're one day we're backstage, and it's the show, and Alice isn't there. And it's time to, to go. And I'm panicking. And I, I was like, I have to do this line. So I grabbed uh, the nearest person to me, which was like a fourth grade boy. <laughs> um, kept the blocking the same. Ran out holding his hand. Um, and I said, come on. Realized I didn't have a name for him. So I, and I'm not great at improv. So I was like, come on. Longest pause ever. Come on, <laughs> Tom. <laughs> Didn't even use his real name. Just made up Tom. And uh, Conrad's over here, so flustered, ran into the train station, which was on wheels, rolled across the stage, uh, and then uh, sadly just walked off. Stopped running and just walked sadly off. Um, that was, yeah. Uh, names are tough. That's why I just... Tell I me just... you have one line in the show and you completely ruin it. You, you know? just built it up and you yeah. just couldn't... Yeah. Now, uh, uh, mine, mine is singing. Mine's a singing fail. And I think it's it's because uh, you did Carousel, and it was uh, it was at Miami. We both uh, went University of Miami, and uh, we did. It was a Rodgers and Hammerstein. Uh, what do you call it? A song medley show. Review. It yeah. Means you, sure. you, you gave up, and uh, it means you needed something that fit twelve people that don't really fit a musical. You need to give them <laughs> These all. These are all the people that didn't get into the they musical. They paid fifty thousand a year. <laughs> give them a song yeah, on a stage for this. <laughs> And uh, uh, I was—I mean, we sang that song from *The King and I*, which I should not be singing. Uh, you know, that's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's racist. And uh, yeah. but I did *Soliloquy*, and *Soliloquy*, epic song, oh, epic yeah. ten-minute song, yeah. uh, uh, where where uh, Billy Bigelow—he's imagining uh, uh, raising, having to raise a boy, how he's going to raise him, and then he's like, "But what if it's a girl? I got to take care of her." Yeah. And it ends with this big, this big, uh, uh, this big moment where he's like, "If I have a girl," and he goes. Uh, uh, you know, he's going to take care of her. And he's like, I'll go out and make it or steal it or take it. And so I, I was doing yeah. And listen, thank you. Thank you. But I think it's higher. I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I went up there and I, I it's a long song. And I, I went, you know, I'll go out and make it or steal it or take it or die. And let me say, I've bombed on stage as a stand-up comedian, and it hurts. But nothing will ever come close to that feeling I had that night. Because it's like a, it, it's seven minutes leading up to this moment. Yeah. And no one can tell you it was the audience's fault. <laughs> no one can tell you... No one can comfort you. People, people cannot make eye contact with no. you. You're yeah. walking back there. No one can say. No one can yeah. say they didn't know. No one noticed, it, because there's just something with the with the male voice. The sound of the crack is so awful, mm. and and I really do think this happened to me like a couple times, like that epic of a of a crack, and I I think that was for me the beginning of the end of, of being a singer. I think after four years of college. Was that senior year? It was senior year, yeah. Mm. So I practiced, and I practiced every day. Mm. And I feel like 
when I look back at like my musical theater career, I'm like, I don't think I was good enough to be a singer uh, eight eight times a week. I don't think my body was right for it. And I feel like you know, if you're a basketball player and you're four feet tall. You, you, you know, you know pretty quick. You're going you're gonna to have a tough time. But the voice, it's inside you. So you think maybe you got it, maybe you don't. You work, and then you hit a wall. And, and well, so... You don't hit the note. It, it's, you don't hit the note. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you want to go into a wall because it's so painful. Now, have you always... I mean... I understand that feeling. I mean, there were a few times when I was doing Carousel on Broadway where... You know, that was... <laughs> why are you laughing already? <laughs> no, they're comparable experiences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me at the University of the Miami one night, and you on Broadway. <laughs> one night only for 20 people. Same thing. I think it was performance 250. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I had a son during that, perform- during that run of the show. And so I was waking up early some nights trying to give my wife a break. And it was like... This is one morning I was like three in the morning and I was like, oh, this is not going to be good if I try to go to the show. But I did. Um, and, and there's a song called Highest Judge of All. Uh-huh. Um, and I won't do the whole thing, but it's the end is like, take me before the highest throne and let me be judged by the highest judge of all. And it's really loud and huge. And it's like this statement, just like at the end of um, Soliloquy. And boy. There was nothing. I mean, you could judge a lot about. I mean, it, it was like having jumped by the highest judge. Ah! I mean, it, <laughs> it didn't even like the of. You know when you have like two notes leading up to the high note uh-huh. that are roasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're giving scorch tone on the leading notes up, then you're just gassed. And mm. and at the end, it goes rum, rum, rum. <laughs> but that's the music. And so I'm standing there looking all ferocious, like I did something. <laughs> <laughs> And inside, what I really felt was like, I'm so, I just wanted to apologize to 1,500 people. So it happens. And it's, I mean, that was, it was pretty rough. Yeah. It's, it was just, and I was, it was, uh, it was a tough life. I was very neurotic about it. I, I, it's very, I still get neurotic about my voice, but the worst I have to do is talk for an hour for stand up. But like, I can't imagine your whole life. Do you feel do you, do you do you get nervous ever for these shows? When do you call out? I mean, how do you figure it out? You know, I, I at this point I've been doing it for about since 2006, about 17 years. So I don't get nervous about my voice, but I have trained myself to sort of live like a monk when I'm doing a show. Yeah. So I'm drinking a gallon of water a day, and I'm working out a lot. And I'm thinking I'm practicing all the time. Um, but there's nothing like that moment where sometimes you go to a show and you're just like, I don't know if it's going to happen today. But you kind of roll the dice. That is a feeling like, you know, when you're on a roller coaster, you just go, ah, that feeling that's right here. Yeah. It's rough. And um, when it happens, you're like, oh, it just happened. I guess it's kind of like if you happen to, not that you've ever, but like bomb in front of an audience, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Stand up. Like. <laughs> stand up. Oh, yeah. But, but then at the, you just go, you know what? There's 1,500 people and um, I still have a job. They're not going to fire me and... This happens sometimes. It's life when you move. Sure, but sometimes people do get fired for, for like a bad... I mean, I'm sure it's happened before. I've heard, I've heard the stories. You've got to be consistently messing up to, like, to get fired yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're stringing them together and you can't do it, you know, then if you, you know... What like, is it like with, with, uh, with, with uh, steroids for, for... Like, I remember back in college, yeah, it would be, it it be like, you heard like, ooh, someone took uh, a steroid. Uh, is it 
pregnant. Yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pregnant zone. Could it be? Pregnant zone? Yeah. No. Uh, gosh, I don't remember what it's called. But I feel like people singers use it a lot. Yes. Pills or, or an injection or? There, there's both. So there's mm. something you get kind of on your booty and it kind of helps you go. You know, you can just kind of all of a sudden you're a vocal yeah. Olympic. <laughs> really? Yeah. And what I, does it do? I want to. You have to I could careful. try it once, you have right? To be careful. You have to be careful. Just you to sing like, Carousel one time, go on stage, give me a yourself. shot. Take uh, it. You have to. I heard you have to be careful because then you feel like a superhuman, like you could do anything. But then people accidentally push and like hurt themselves because they don't know that they're pushing because it's like so like you know. You could severely damage yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You feel like um, like one time it was I've taken them before um, in twenty nine. I think it was 19. I was doing a show called The Wrong Man Off Broadway, and I just didn't have it. And but when you once you take the pill, um, you have to really really careful because if you see, all of a sudden you feel like you're Stevie Wonder and Katy Perry, mm-hmm. like in a and and you're you, it feels like you're like, you're, you're yeah! blind walking around like oh shit this pill. Mm-mm, but it's your muscles aren't strong. It's just like a momentary. What happens? It becomes like it. It what does it do to your cores? I I think. If there's a lot of like severe inflammation, it can thin your cords out a little bit, like uh, ibuprofen, but in a in a much more intense way, so that your cords are just pristine. Do you have this at home in a cabinet, just in case? No, 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 no. You have to go see a. a there's some doctors that you can see, like some vocal doctors. I that, feel like there must be people who abuse stash. it. Yeah. Sure. You know, you. But I think it's easy once you're uh, once you're in Broadway. Like, there's like they know what doctor to go to quickly. To yeah, I'm saying like some people who like they fall down that hole and then oh, one yeah, day yeah, it stops yeah. working. Yeah, yeah They need careful. a second shot. All that stuff. Yeah, just to get through. It. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a fear. Like I've I've taken it. I've had two in my career, and the thought is, well, I don't want to have to get used to this. But the the show after you don't take it, you're definitely like. Oh, am I still there? I'm, I'm good, mm. right? I don't know. I don't know. No, so, what about is nodes surgery? Because I remember the the whole thing with Julie Andrews had nodes, yes. and then she could never sing again. That was what they said. That's you didn't know that? Well, she she got nodes removed, and then yeah. she couldn't like. I think I think it sounds weird if she sustains a note or something. And this was like way back when the surgery was like they went in there with like scissors and it was brutal. But like yeah. I assume it got better. <laughs> but like I'm sure you know people have gotten nodes and had to take a, a break. Yeah, and some some haven't recovered. Oh. oh, yeah, yeah. Because if you start singing back again too soon, then you just develop these habits. It's like if you break your leg and then you just you're always walking on one leg, and so you stuff and your hip jacks up and then your back, and you're just not walking the same. Don't get notes. You were scared well, for a second. You you pulled I was, something. I well, I I well, my throat was hurting because I do a lot of yelling in the show. I don't have like a lot of sing. I could I have like three little tiny lines within songs, so I don't have to sing a lot. But I mean, I sing a lot in the chorus, but not like you know, I don't have a solo. But I scream a lot, and so uh, there was a week where I was like, I'm hurting myself, and yeah. um, but I think I figured it out now, or I can do it in a healthier way. That it's not. I don't feel like I'm in danger. Do you ever dream about le- leaving the the Broadway grind? I mean, or do you really hope that it's always kind of a part of your life? You know, I've talked about this pretty openly because music is such a big part of my life now, and that yeah. was like my first love. I there are very few things on Broadway that excite me <clears throat> these days. I can see the end of it. You know, mm. I, I I definitely can see the end of it. I don't know when that's going to be, but when you stop having like dream roles and you stop getting like excited to do eight shows a week it's 
it's yeah i i, I mean if it was I, no I, matinees could you could you picture that shows. matinees is a problem is, matinees need is. to go and the audiences are bad and uh they're not fun <laughs> they're, they're not fun no, those shows yeah, yeah. and um it should be it should be six i think six if shows. it's six like the next show that i do even if it's seven because if you, if you don't know it's tuesday wednesday wednesday thursday friday saturday saturday sunday monday's the only day you have off yeah to just to not do anything. So for me, if there was, if I could not do the Sunday, yeah, yeah. then I'd have all of Sunday, all of Monday, all of Tuesday, and then the night shows. So you have like two and a half days. That's manageable. Yeah. Is that is that a place? Do you have to be insanely famous to request that? You have to be at least as famous as I am. <clears throat> uh-huh. 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 Because <laughs> that's Leah, Leah Michelle right now. I think that's her thing. She doesn't yeah, do bad names. Funny girl. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't do matinees. I didn't in 2019. The show Wrong Man. I, I didn't do. I did seven shows a week. Sure. And that was like a new lease on life after 15 years of doing eight shows. Yeah. Wasn't there that famous? It was a, who was that famous actress who, like in Russia, she played Ophelia, and she said something. She's like, I can only bear my soul four times a week. Oh, I and that's, I don't that's what you got to say. Yeah. Um. So so uh, uh to, to to your family a bit. They 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 were from Jamaica. Yep. Uh, and and they immigrated to Canada? Yeah. To Winnipeg. To Winnipeg, which is where... Yep. Yeah, yeah. And why? Why why Jamaica to Winnipeg? Jamaica... Uh, what was the reason? Oh, yeah. So there's a big connection between the Caribbean and uh, Canada, or at least there was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. So they went to university in, in Canada and start, didn't have to deal with the drama that it takes to come to the States. Sure, um, sure. So... My, me and my brother were born there and my sister and then when we were three years old they were like this is too cold so we went back down to miami um when i was like three years old how'd they get their their like green card and stuff for miami uh i don't know i was three sure uh but <laughs> they did uh, I, don't, I really don't know do you the, consider yourself because it says you're I, I was surprised i forgot that you have do you have canadian citizenship i do i've got i've got both how, have you spent a lot? Like, do you do you feel, do you consider yourself a Canadian or just only when it's convenient? Only when it's uh huh yeah. uh huh yeah. I mean, I don't. People are like, oh, what team? What hockey team are you from? I'm like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there a good theater there in Canada? Not that I know of. Uh, there's a lot of film and TV that films there, and yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. that helps to when you have dual citizenship, you can just breeze through. I saw Lord of the Rings the musical. Which was a big in Toronto. I was in high school. We went there. It was like a five-hour. It was like supposed to be three hours, but they kept having technical difficulties, so it always go like oh. four or five hours. And they tried to cram all three books into this one musical. So it, it, the government paid for it, and it was a disaster. It was one of the worst shows I've ever seen in my life, and it was uh, it was a big flop. Um, but you liked Miami. That's where you were living. Yeah, yeah. I'm, well, you know what? Miami was way too slow. What like, does that mean? I, I, like it was just. If if you don't know Miami, it's like a half of it is a party town. And the other half is retired folks. Mm. Mm. So I wasn't into the party scene, but, you know, and everything just felt really slow for me. So even at our University of Miami days, like, it's like palm trees and it's beautiful, but everything just seemed to be moving at like five miles an hour. It wasn't until I got up to New York in 2006 that I was like, I I felt like I belonged here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pace, like the passion, the the crowds are just moving fast. I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 this feels good. Yeah, I really... I, w- I shouldn't have gone to that college because I, I didn't. I went to one football game. I went to the beach three times. Disney World once. I mean, it was totally wasted on me. I yeah. spent every fucking day in a practice room just singing, 
and that didn't go anywhere. It was it was a it was a mess. You sound great, by the way. That's so yeah. please, Doesn't please it sound great. Please, please, please. You could have been my understudy. Please, oh, I, I warmed up for three hours before this podcast. <laughs> uh, I, and and you were when did you start getting into theater? Were you a theater kid in high school? I I did something junior year, so I guess kind of late. I did the Music Man. I played Hell yeah. Harold Hill. I did Harold Hill eighth grade. Hey, hey, wow. great role. Wow. Yep. Now would you do that one on? You're first of all, you're too good looking to be the Music Man. Let me tell you something. Hugh Jackman. Really mad let me, I, I, have a, I have a huge beef with Hugh Jackman being the music man. I can't do it on stand-up because no one fucking knows. But but Hugh Jackman is too good looking to be the music man. Because the music man, the whole thing is he's he's a seducer. He's he's a con man. The, the, he goes into the library and has to seduce Marion. If Hugh Jackman walked into any library in America and said, Hey, you want to go on a date? He wouldn't have to sing a song. She'd say yes. I'm sick of good-looking people playing Seymour in Little Shop and Harold Hill. Oh, what's his name? What's his name played to Seymour uh, uh, in the Encore's production? Um, uh, uh, Jake Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal played Seymour. Get the fuck out of here. The plant should have eaten him first. I I can't. I have have an issue with Hugh Jackman and the music man because, um, no offense, but uh, the... um, The I found out that they had a bit every night that they staged like, uh, like a blooper that that was choreographed. What do you mean? Like they broke like him and Sutton Foster like Like Jimmy Fallon is in the same part like pretended this thing went wrong and it was like staged and it was like every night. Like I, I, it just feels like that's, that's if you're that like they had one natural moment on stage and they said let's do that yeah, forever every night yeah 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 would well, you know what they did because well, it's just like kind of a boring show I think that they were just like you know I don't think so I, okay. it's a great if if the music man's not a fucking stunning okay. I think it could be a fantastic <laughs> okay. show I don't know uh, I love that show me too did you I mean well you got trouble that was the most fun oh, I ever had in my man. life yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> So you got trouble, my friend. Right here, so trouble right here in River City. Oh, when you did in high school, like, were you were people like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I kind of killed it. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, that was when I sort of got bit by the the bug, the performing bug, and I had a teacher that came up to me afterwards, and she was like, "This is something you could really do," and she was like crying when she said it, and you, you know, when someone is like crying and like saying. Your future. I was like, just it was a little intense. Okay, well, now tell me, where is this? Is this like, this are there people in- around being like, <laughs> does anyone know this woman? Does she work here? This is <laughs> like, is she the? No, no, no. She was the music teacher. She was the the, the choir teacher. Uh huh. And it was her first year at the school. This school graduating <laughs> class was like twenty people. So the chances that I'm here right now are oh, crazy. Wow. So it's like she came there just for me. She literally left the year after I I graduated. Uh huh. I graduated. So we did the the production that she put on, and then. She took me into this hallway after the last performance. We did like five performances, and she was like, <laughs> you know, the, the shake of that. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I was like a 17 year old, 16 year old kid being like, what do you, she said, you can do this for a living. And I was like, what, do what? I really was, Wait, I didn't know. So, how did you decide to audition? Like, what was, well, yeah. Well, there's some songs in it, like, Till There Was You, this beautiful oh. song. And I sang. Okay. So I was like, okay, well, I, I love, I like to sing. I grew up like singing in church, and that was fun. So I decided to try out. And um, were you the star of the church singing? Like, no, not really. No, no, I wasn't even like, no. Was it fun singing? Or was it boring singing? Was it was it like 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 really at, at like church? wailing or yeah? Or was it just like Jesus? <laughs> that's 
I don't know that song. <laughs> you don't know that song? Like, there must be a song. There must be a song like, with those pitches like, that starts out. Jesus, Again, I'm I sure of it. Like, you're like, is it white church? Or black? <laughs> <laughs> is it boring white church? Well, I of course like, yeah, I've yeah. I've been I've been to both. I remember yeah. when I, I lived in Harlem for a long time and I went to a church one day just to see some singing. And you're like, I'm like, you know, I could see being a Christian if this had been the songs. Yeah. I mean, it yeah. really is. It's a whole different I mean, ballgame. Was it like? Which church? Is it all? Is it a certain like kind of a, a sect of Christianity that has like the real fucking jams? So the Pentecostal, um, uh, what's it called? Uh, sect of Christianity. Like those churches are usually pretty lively. They're the the praise and worship is like jamming. Yeah. Like if you switch a cute couple words out, you'd be like, is that that? Is that that Cardi? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> sometimes, um, but yeah, you got tambourines, you got like just hu- incredible players. That's how I, I, I got my singing chops is in mm. church, um, and so I, I wasn't anything special until I got to University of Miami, and they were like, "Oh, wow, you actually sure can sing." They had me. I w- they had a gospel. They had three acapella groups in my high school, and they added me to the gospel choir, and it was it was pretty rough. I'm sure it was a. Can you do gospel? Can I do gospel? <laughs> <laughs> You're Titanic. Mean, I, You're Titanic. <laughs> Jazz I mean, it up. I could. I could. I don't. I could. I don't know if I should. But uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Physically, yes. Yes. Good. Um, okay. So, so then you went from there. You went to Miami. Were you the, were you the star at Miami from from the gate or? I I think after sophomore year, I kind of became the star. Yeah. But honestly, like I was the lowest on the totem pole, and I really like you can ask Bruce Miller, all of our teachers there, like. I knew nothing. I didn't know what music theory was. You're tra- uh, I, I couldn't name you one musical. So I failed music theory. Like You couldn't even name music band times. after you started it? <laughs> I could sing it, but I couldn't write it. On, you know, it, was, yeah, it was crazy. I, I had to stay longer after I graduated to finish music theory classes. Ugh, I, I hate, hate that shit. Theory. I hate music I hate theory. It. I hate it. Oh. So you know, music no theory, it's it. like they'll be like, they'll be like, but there's someone on a piano where you can't see. They go, boom, boom. What's that? What's that? And you're like a fourth, a fifth, or like it's that kind of shit. It's yeah. just, it's, was it really important? Was it really important? <sighs> Music theory, now, no. Ear training, yes, because then you're. The music theory is just like I don't know. It's like learning. Is lat, learning Latin it's like important? Math. It's like know. math. With it's not. I took that too. Neither is important. Latin and music theory, <laughs> both entire ways. Yeah. It expands your mind, but like it doesn't help me in. in on, like in my profession, yeah. Um, now as a producer, more like trying to put together sounds and chords to make music. Yeah, but that's something that I got into a little bit later. Now, I, I've I've talked playing the podcast about my feelings about getting a degree in musical theater, and complicated feelings. Mm-hmm. Not not entirely resentful, uh, but, but like, but but yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you have kids now. If they were getting into theater, would you? And they said to you, they said to you. Dad, clearly you had such success with this musical theory degree. You're on the flyer that they're going to use for the next 100 years saying you are, you, are the, you are the reason. Send your kid to the college Joshua Henry went to. What would you tell your kids? <clears throat> you got trouble, my friend. I, I, <laughs> I don't – it's so hard. Like I really believe in like you're pursuing your dream. I would say, hey, if you want to do it, you don't have to do it how – Daddy did it, mm. but you have to know that it's really, really hard. It's one of the hardest things you will ever do. So if you want to, this is how you have to prepare. Yeah. Um, this, if you want 
a sliver of a chance at success. And so I would just paint a really clear picture. And But if you know they want to go for it, then they'll go for it. I mean, you know pretty soon enough if, you know. I think that was my, that's my, four years is just, the four-year structure is was not designed for the arts. Isolating yourself on a campus away from everything. That's, that, that, that's, a, that's a structure they built for, for mathematicians and scientists. And now they're like, uh, now it's a musical theater degree. I think you could go for two years somewhere. I think, I think those programs yeah. are better. Or go somewhere where you're working the moment. Be an ensemble member in, in the regional theater. Agreed. Agreed. Do, do that because you've got to get in the real world. Partially because you might find out, you know what, I want to do stand-up comedy instead or I want to do costume design instead like you need to be in it and I think the problem is colleges can isolate you so you figure out where you fit into that ecosystem mm-hmm. and you become a creature who like you thrive there and then you think oh I'll be like this in the real world and you're, you're not you're really that that's I've thought about it a great deal <laughs> <laughs> well because there were so many people in and I won't name any names but that I went to school with that were like this going to be the stars you know yeah. and then Pretty soon after senior year, it, it was clear that they didn't want that. Yes. You know? and, but they didn't really – it was nice to be the it girl or it guy on campus. Yeah, of course. Know, starring yeah. in all the things. Um, but a lot of people don't – it's a hard life. Like it's a really, really hard life. And I think the thing that you can't understand either uh, is doing the same show for that long a time. You can't even – you can't even conceive of it. Because in college, the most, what, you do three weeks of a show maybe? Two weeks? And I remember the first play I did that was like six weeks long. And that's when I kind of realized, I said, this is not, I'm going crazy. This is not what I like to do. I do not like to do the same thing over and over. I go nuts. What year was this? Uh, This was, I mean, I I graduated 2011. So this was like 2013. I did an off-Broadway play. And it was like, it was not a good play. First of all, also to be in something that's getting panned is tough. And you're still doing it for six weeks. But uh, I just got – I got bored and I realized, oh, this is not what I want to do. You've been doing this show how long now? Uh, November. And November. you've never done a show this long? Eight, uh, no, eight I, shows a week? No, not this much. I did, a, I did three shows that were a year, like a, a Shakespeare tour that was like a year long. So you, but you were rotating three shows and it wasn't always eight shows a week you know, because you were touring. So What's the longest you've been in one show? The longest was a year and a half. That was Hamilton. Uh, I, I opened the Chicago company and then did the first national tour. But like you, I got to kind of split it up. So I did it for six months in Chicago, and then I did it for, what, another nine or ten months in, I, in L.A. And I'd imagine, too, touring for those where you're there for like two or three weeks, sometimes a month, that helps the, the kind of break up the monotony of like, oh, you're getting to kind of explore another place. I don't know. Maybe yeah. Yeah, yeah. On a tour. You know? For sure. Well, we were, our, our tour wasn't even – it was two cities. It was San Francisco and L.A., so it wasn't really a, yeah. a, a tour. But I want to ask you, like with Shakespeare – what did it feel repetitive after? Because yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 uh, I had one show I liked, and then by the end of it, I hated the other two shows. Uh, uh, what was I, the one was you like, liked, Othello? I liked no, I liked doing Merry Wives, uh, and I didn't like doing Othello. I was barely in, um, so it just was like kind of like I would basically move furniture for that sure. one, kind of. So I, I hated doing that one because it was like it was felt like a lot of work for no payoff, and then. Uh, the other one was just really boring to me. Henry Four Part One, like one behind you know. things, one behind the scenes <laughs> thing about Russell. Russell and I are on a sketch team together. He's, yeah. he's a great performer, great to work with. 
But but if you're in the wrong place on stage, Russell <laughs> will pick you up and move you to where you you are very you're, you you will I've been picked up by you go you go here you're, yeah. you're very you you will yeah. you will run that stage yeah you're I, very genteel and non-confrontational I, I but when the lights go out you become a, a uh, we had an understudy the other day and I noticed that I like snapped at her <gasps> oh, I'm, I'm playing her mom though oh. I'm like I'm mean like but I like she wasn't in the right spot and I was like I oh but I had the and I recognized in the moment I was like oh John Marco does say I do like <laughs> grab people and move them um but uh um, no, I, 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 I think this show is helpful. The one I'm doing right now is that it is quick and it is a little different every night just because there's a couple of built in like things that we can change slightly. So it feels sometimes there's definitely like you're going to start. You're like, I'm not really feeling it right now. But once it starts, it feels fun and still. Um, but I think of like those people that have like been with Phantom Ooh. from the beginning mm. and are still doing it. Like how, like or that, like, how do you not Lion King? I know people that have been doing it for twenty yeah. years. Yeah, can you, what can you do for twenty? Oh, if I hear the Lion King now, having seen it twenty times in my yeah. life, I'm just like I can't even listen to the songs. I go crazy. I, twenty years, I can't even think about. Like I said, year and a half is the longest. But I would say, if any performers out there who are thinking about doing this, one thing that really helps is think about a different word for the day for the show. Like I might think about just. I mean, this sounds a little funny, but like glide or ease or or uh, diction, just something to, to focus on that you're still improving, although you're doing the same thing every day. Because it's not unlike if you had any other job, like to not make it monotonous. You have to think about how you're growing in one aspect of it. That's one thing that helps. You think in Phantom, they're like, I'm gonna think, don't kill myself on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't don't put myself in the way of the chandelier yeah. right as it's crashing to the stage. Uh, what's going to be your word for your next Titanic performance? Oh, uh, that's good. Um, I don't know. I've been noticing that I, um, when I am not bored, isn't the right word, but I get extra like annoyed with uh, bad audience members. I <laughs> notice that that's something that I want to stop doing because I'm like in fights in my head about someone who's not enjoying the show. And that's not a great like place to live in. When when Mike Pence went to see Hamilton yeah. and they did their oh, yeah. their speech at at the end, what did you what would you have done if they if they had called you and they said Joshua, I know we didn't cast you in the original cast of this, but could you tell us what to do with Mike Pence in in the audience? What would you have said? What what what's I Oh my gosh. Because to me, it came off from outside of the world. It came off as lame. It came off as you, pref- you gave him the show. He doesn't care what you have to say. He's, he's there. He doesn't give a shit. He's going to happen. So, okay, context. so Mike Pence showed up at the Hamilton and uh, they performed the show. Uh-huh. And then at the end, like, as he was about to leave, they, uh, who, who, do you know who said yeah, it? Yeah, Brandon Victor Dixon, great friend. He was playing Aaron Burr at the time. He got and this up. is nothing against him. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. It's, a tough, it's a tough position to be. You have to perform for people. That's the job. You perform for people. So basically, the producers and the creative team came up with a statement that they wanted to tell Mike Pence. And, and then someone had to deliver it. Like, I, yeah. I don't like the selection process. That must have been weird. Who wants to give this message? I'm like, what you going to say? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, I will say this. After that, it was pretty rough online for a minute. Like, oh, yes? I was slated to then go into the Chicago company. I was getting, like, death threats. Like, oh, my God. Cr- anyone associated with that, you know, not to bring it down, but this is the downside. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and it, like, it was, it was rough. 
You ever get any? Yeah. I Wait, saw what Broadway. was the statement they said though to Mike the, Pence? The, yeah, you know, I, I mean, mean it, was, it was. I mean, Mike Pence was, you know, known also very uh, homophobic yeah. and had the uh, lots of bad beliefs, and it was I know just who Mike Pence is. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, Trump was president yeah, during yeah, this whole yeah, thing yeah. too, so that added to the fire of it. <laughs> But it was like a statement about inclusivity and like, you see, look, look what we've done here. And this is about the founding fathers. And, 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 and it, okay. it was a gen- – this was the problem with it. It was a generic, in my mind, generic, positive, be more welcoming statement, the kind that any politician could nod their head out and then walk about and do nothing differently. As, a, as opposed to A – not saying anything at all, B, going out there going, fuck you, C, not performing the show, which to me, if you're really gonna, you really wanna stick it, you really wanna (laughs) say fuck you, you go out there, the whole cast, and you go, fuck you, Mike Pence, and then you go off, and that's it. But you can't put on a good show and then be like, please be more inclusive, we know you won't, and we know you haven't been, bye. I don't don't think they could have done that. (laughs) Why? Lin-Manuel can make that call? Because he, he he really wanted the show to run. Like <laughs> you think it would you think it would have canceled the whole show? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That would have I mean, been I, amazing. Oh, that would. But then you go down. But that what a great way to end a show to tell the vice president to go fuck himself. I'm that starting is, to understand some things. <laughs> Stand up is the world for you, yeah. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> this is not the way. You- <laughs> yeah. I don't think the show had been running for a year. I think it may be, may be a year. But if they would have come out and said something like like thrashing, yeah, then you just spit in the face of your art because you're talking about being inclusive and you're talking about you know togetherness. This is the way the country should look. And then you're like, but screw you. They're like, what are you? Yeah. Thank you for not saying fuck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> I, yeah, I just, I just think it's, it, it was, it was, it just didn't, it didn't do anything. And ultimately, I think like another time that Broadway, I feel like has, Broadway can come off as corny. And and I remember facts, facts. at the at the DNC, I forget which DNC this was. I think it was for Hillary, uh, 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 Clinton. And <laughs> there, there was just like Broadway singers on the stage, and Broadway has always been associated, but it felt this weird. Whenever the arts becomes too tied to a specific political party, it's like in a in a way it just becomes propaganda, and it's like I, I think sometimes art has to divorce itself from propaganda if you ever hope for it to uh, affect people's minds. And I would argue on like the flip side of saying fuck you to Mike Pence that by making that kind of statement, you are you are uh, uh, forcing an audience to see your show specifically through party lines, thus preventing you from possibly inception style, sneaking into their minds and changing their thoughts naturally. Agreed. Agreed. And that's why Agreed. we have Ted Cruz here tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, um, has there ever been anyone in the audience where you were like, oh, fuck, I got to put on a show for this motherfucker? Uh, or vice versa. You can say a nice one, no, too. No, no. I, I would say there was one moment. Uh, I, I'm... I like to know who's coming. Like, sure. It doesn't bother me. Some people are like, yeah. don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. Do you like? I, I, I like knowing too. Yeah. Um, there was this one time, it wasn't anyone that was like really special, but um, where someone was filming, um, which happens from time to time. Of course, we're all were, dealing with it. But they were the front. You know. I mean, but I'm yeah, saying yeah, like, yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. dealing with like this. You either yeah. take away the phones or they're going to film it. And even if you do take away the phones, they might have a second one. Yeah. We don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this guy was front row 
And oh. I was like, yep. It was in. The, it was like three quarter round, which is basically this. So they're here, here, and here. And a show. It was called The Wrong Man, where it, you know it was, it was a pretty intense show. And y'all have heard of this Patty Lapone incident, perhaps you haven't. But like, where she will stop a show. She will yeah. stop a show. And be like, you stop filming. Da, 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 da. And, and famously, I, I never, she did it once, and it was an approved New York Times photographer taking yeah. press photos. It's like, yeah, 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 it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so in the moment, like, I never thought saw myself doing it, but he was like, I felt like I was like a, 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 a dolphin at SeaWorld. Like, yeah. he was, he was kind of just like, you know, and, and he wasn't being discreet about it. He was just holding it up like this. Mm. I'm two feet away from him. And so I went up to him, and I... Took the phone out of his <gasps> hand. I'm singing at the same time. I took the phone out of his hand and I and I threw it under his seat, and the audience erupted. I was like, "Oh, I'm that I'm that guy now." Oh yeah, my god! I'm that guy. Yeah. Now it happened to be on a day where there were cameras in the audience taking B-roll, which is like just. Uh. So I didn't even know that. So here it is. Like the one time I do something like that, that happens. Every show wanted to call me to come in and, t- and talk about, okay, well, th- it was this huge story. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm this, like, nice, positive theater guy, and, I, I, and it was a pretty ferocious little moment. Um, but, yeah, to his credit, he stayed afterwards because he felt really bad. And th- it was, like, an hour and a half after the show, and he waited for me outside the stage door, and he was like, man, I'm really sorry. I'm really, like, I just got really excited in the moment. And I was like, it's all right. I'm still going to keep your phone, but don't. <laughs> yeah, people, people yeah. don't know that it's it, it's weird. Like, we've had people uh, DM us uh, as cast members, like, 10, 15-minute clips from the show. And you're like, you're not allowed to do this. But and why why then send it to us? Like, we're like, cool. Like, people, you know, people like, me post this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's scary in, in stand-up, obviously, because, like, I'll be working on something new or something edgy. And... You see people film, and I mean, they'll have every. I've, I've, I've like, and you, I can't become. If I do that moment, or if I become mean, then I'm not the cool guy anymore. I'm like the principal, and now I can't be funny. And and I'll, I have little lines like, "Oh, could you stop? I'm, I'm hoping to be on a bigger platform than your phone," and that get a little laugh. But then uh, it's good. And uh, <laughs> but I mean, I've had people they go they, they, and then they go, "No, I'm sorry, my friend. Uh, uh, she, I want her to see you too." And I'll be, you know, well, you got to buy tickets. And they're like, "Oh, she lives in you know France." And it's it's the, the you. you you would hope that the ushers, and maybe they don't have the staff or the Broadway theaters aren't paying enough to have enough people. They need to be the ones looking at the audience. You can't yeah. be doing it from on stage. Yeah. And I, I, but I will say, when I was in theater uh, in college, bootlegs were very cool. Yeah. Bootlegs. It's a whole underground. It's network. a whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't believe there's enough people to sustain it. But like, there were websites where it'd be like, I got this Mandy Patinkin in falsettos. And I was like, I'll pay whatever you want. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's shot over someone's shoulder. You're like, I wish they had front row and they were just doing it like this. It would have been greater. But it's, uh, it is a bummer. Broadway seems to have never figured out. Like, the Lincoln Center has all these recordings of oh, all these yeah. Broadway shows. Yeah. But you got to like, I remember I had to pretend I was writing a paper. You got to yeah. go there. You can't just roll up in there and be like, I'd like to see this performance. They're going to be like, why? And you're like, because I, I like it. I just watched it. The one thing I saw, it was it was uh, um, The Seagull, and it was with Meryl Streep, Natalie Portman, Philip Seymour Hoffman, 18-year-old Natalie Portman, like in her first lead role, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, uh, who's the guy from Roseanne? John Goodman. John Goodman, Christopher Walken. I mean, it's crazy. And it's shot beautifully. It's not shot like a bootleg. And you just think this library exists out there that 
can never be released because it would require a lot of paperwork mm-hmm. and everyone would want different rights. But it sucks. It's too bad. Yeah. And, and then yeah. choreography would get stolen. Like, there's a whole market in terms of, like, regional shows, and, and it's complicated. It is. Shows, and then you can do it overseas or in high schools, and if people get that, they can just pretend like, oh, I made this up, and they yeah. can sell your show. So, yeah, it's tricky. What's your stage door policy? The last show I did at the St. James Theater on, like, 44th Street, um, Into the Woods, we weren't allowed to, do, to take pictures or sign any autographs okay. just because... Just COVID. Oh. Um, while it's not as much of a thing now, it they just didn't want to risk it at all. Yeah, I don't know. Was that a relief? Mm, yeah, yeah kind of. Yeah, yeah, because I I have three kids now, so I have yeah. a five year old and twins that are two years old. So I just that little less interaction with folks. Y'all are fine, uh, but was, was autographs after yeah, the yeah, show, yeah, whatever yeah. you want. Yeah. We got H- hugs and kisses, like whatever you want. Um, that, so that was a relief at that point. Uh, but before that, I mean, were you... I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I was all up in it to win it. Like, just yeah. autographs and... Did you ever see yeah. the guys, because I know there's people out there, where they're, they just want your autograph to sell it on eBay? Oh, here's how you deal with those. Um, <laughs> you just... They, it's usually like a piece of white, a white paper that they just want to lift your signature off. So I just never give them a real signature. I just like, kind of go like, doop, doop, like a smiley face. And I'm like, no, that's my signature. Like I just don't wow. really give them the real. The yeah, real thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. What does what does your autograph go for these days? What what platform are you? Are you <laughs> it depends. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I I haven't heard a, a, a quote recently. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll look it up. I'd have to guess. <laughs> I'd have to guess it's at least like two grand. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's just. Oh, I got my own card. Like they have like these Broadway trading cards. So I have a couple of those that they. Are the stats yeah. on the back, or are there things like, yeah, like he hit the B flat like- <laughs> 80% of the time? He's there at 90% of the shows. He hits a B. <laughs> once he hit a C, it's like once he had the grand slam. Yeah, there's some stats there. Um, so so your your first Broadway show was in the Heights. Yep. I think I saw it. I think I saw it. Jam. Uh, oh, God, it was so cool. Before I knew anything about Lin-Man, it was just an, such, a, such a good show. Uh, when you got that ensemble role, our ensemble members paid – decently for broadway or do you think it's 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 not great uh i think they get they do get paid well yeah at the time like right now an ensemble role you're getting like 90k plus a year damn that's pretty good with like contributions to your 401k when i got into the ensemble of in in the heights i called my mom and i was like this is it like this is i don't need to see anymore like i've um, and it was also like salsa and hip hop. I grew up in Miami, and that's like all I heard. And so, it was a moment where I was like, I don't, I don't need to see anything. Was the first time you you played? Was it Benny you were understudying? Yeah. What was the first time that you? Was it good? The first time you did it as when I, you pl- played Benny. So we started off Broadway, and I did it a couple times off Broadway, and I and I nailed it. But my first Broadway performance was not not the best um, because. There's a scene of the second act, and I was across from Mandy Gonzalez, who's this incredible performer. She played Nina. And she and Benny are like in this romantic little pose, and she's teaching him Spanish, and I just butcher the words. Uh-huh. It's like I, I butcher the words. And she starts laughing hysterically. <laughs> Not like, you know. <laughs> Not in character. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, 
<laughs> just trying to like stay in love. <laughs> oh, it's funny, man. Yeah, I don't know Spanish. Um, then I see Lin Manuel come stage right. You know, you can see someone in the wings. Yeah, you, you can kind of see them come up, and I was like, oh man. And like four or five other cast members come out, and he's just like. And I'm like, this is not good. This is not good. She didn't, she, for like two minutes, she laughed in my face. Oh, and, that's a um, long time. So that really was probably long the longest two minutes of my life. During, I think my parents were there, and it was like my oh. principal Broadway debut. It wow. did not go according to plan. That's, that's actually the scene that Hugh Jackman and Son Foster did yeah. in the music band. <laughs> it's the scene where she's teaching him Spanish so he can start selling to yeah. Spanish speakers his, his musical <laughs> instruments. Uh, and then, and then I know you, you left in the Heights and you went to do Godspell. It was a, your first principal. I was about to. You were about to. And that was 2008. So the marquee was up. So I was in the ensemble and I was about to do my first principal role, like or, originate on Broadway. Um, Godspell, and the marquee was up and then everything crashed. And we were literally in rehearsal and they told us this is not going to happen. How'd they tell you? Mid-rehearsal and a rehearsal. But did they, like, like, went, went, like how close to opening night or, or previews were you? We were in, <clears throat> I think we were uh, a week away, actually. And you had so left in the Heights to do this. Like you, you left a Grammy award-winning, Tony mm. award-winning show with, I mean, that's job security. And then to take that leap, and you're like, and then that, that fails. And so you, you can't just say, it's like, oh. can, I, can, I, uh, can I get back? But it, it happened. I mean, to me. you could go back and beg and crawl, but they've signed new contracts with new yeah, people. Yeah, someone already took my place. So, but I'm glad that happened early on because you really, it's nice to get the, the reality of the business, and then you realize, well, it can't be a contract or it can't be, you know, it's like money that I put my all my heart and soul into because if that's what you, if that's, it's got to be something else. That's the through line of all. Were there of this. warning signs that you should have? Pay, that looking back, you would have known now, or reasons you would have not taken that Godspell job. No, no, no. Be, because we did it. It was my. It was already uh, we done a show before, like in an off Broadway place in New Jersey. It's not off Broadway, but at Paper Mill Playhouse. So we did it, and it was really well received. So that production was going to go to Broadway, yeah. but um, everything was fine. The only thing that happened is everything crashed. Yeah. <laughs> so the producers were like, sorry, we just can't do this. I, I just talked to someone this week who, similar experience, they were about to make their Broadway debut in a show, uh, but the lead of the, I'm not going to say who it was, they are a TV film person who uh, was, the whole show was kind of built around them. It's going to go to Broadway because they're going to be in it, you know? And they were asking for, they asked for too much money and uh, refused to do the show then. And so the whole thing was canceled. And they were like, they had rehearsed it. It had been, it had been played for a while off Broadway. Uh, and uh, no more, no more Broadway debuts. So uh, Oof, that's brutal. That's rough. Ugh. You could tell us. It was off Broadway. You could put the things together, maybe what I just said. It Last ran, it ran off Broadway, and uh, it was going to go to Broadway. And now it's not. There's a thousand different things would, that are going to pop up. I, I had you. a show that I could I, fit into I'll that I'll slot. Tell you offline. I'll tell you offline. You'll tell me offline. Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. I the closest. I mean, it wasn't musical. I I, I the fir, the first and only movie I got cast as a lead in. The the funding fell through, and it became a podcast. They changed the movie, and they decided oh, to yeah. turn to a podcast, and it was the saddest <laughs> moment of my <laughs> entire. So. So, so you're you're a very successful Broadway performer, but but what 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 do you have any overall uh, uh, critiques? This is the downside of how the Broadway system 
currently works, whether it be financial, whether it be the kinds of contracts and the kind of exclusivity, whether it be like, like, how do you feel about the state of the industry? Um, I, I mean, it's complicated. I, I, there's so many incredible things, but you know, we're going to focus on the, the mm-hmm. downside. Mm-hmm. And I, I think um, eight shows a week is brutal mm-hmm. to, to have a life. Yeah. Um, um, and I also think, like, and I've talked about this openly, like, all the producers, all the theater owners, or, or 99% of them are white. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. white men. And, you know, I, the stories that are being told are, there's a lot of different kinds of stories being told, but the people that are profiting from that are the same type of person. And so I think that needs to change, and it's changing slowly. Um, were there any shows particularly that you were like, either didn't get a fair shake or, or you, you thought should have gone to Broadway and didn't? Like, like, like what are we talking about? Well, for, for me, I've, I've been really lucky and I've been really, really blessed in my, my trajectory. I mean, so I have not had a direct problem um, with, like, I, I've had a pretty easy path, but I've seen it with so many other colleagues and so many other creative teams and, and, I think we're just at a moment now where we want to tell authentic stories and we also want the people who the, the stories are about to benefit financially from them. That's I see. that's the main one of the main things that I think needs to happen more. And you've got amazing organizations like Broadway Advocacy Coalition, uh Broadway Black Theater United that are trying to ensure more of that um inclusion um in that way in many different ways, but that's been a big point of emphasis in the last couple of years. Does it ever feel, though, you are... Because I've only bought tickets to a couple Broadway shows in the last couple of years, and I, I just ha- can't help but go, this is a, a rich people's game. Facts. And yeah. and there's a degree where I'm like, I'm like you want to... If you want to get, like, theater that is into the vein of, of humanity, get out of these old, dusty theaters where the, the these gigantic mammoth things that cost a bazillion dollars to rent every month and get I'm going to see what is it corn chucked the musical shucked, it's a music yeah. chucked it's about corn maybe that's cool I you know corn needs representation I guess as well but there's a degree of like there's a degree of like well if you want if you want that get out of Broadway there's a listen I know, this is me saying it very flippantly not yep. not I know people depend their lives depend on this industry but from the outside there's part of me a kind of tear it down mentality where I'm like yep. oh Broadway's struggling after COVID well these theaters are insanely big and these budgets are way too high and you have to do revivals and based off other entities and let it all let it all go you're never going to find change in one of the the most expensive theatrical institutions in the world I think that's a really good point. I had a friend of mine, Daniel Watts, who's this incredible poet and actor, um, and he was like, you know what? I'm not even like mad at Broadway. Like they, they're they are doing what they set out to do. Yeah. To tell these yeah. stories on a huge scale and get mostly tourists to come in here and see these things. And so that has a certain model. So you know, but as someone who has, you know, gotten a lot of, I'm now a little bit influential in the Broadway scene, and I know a lot of the producers and I know a lot of the creative teams. I care about the space. Sure. You know what I mean? I've done off-Broadway shows before that don't have to adhere to all the Broadway rules. Um, there are amazing theaters, as you all know, like out in Brooklyn or like all over the Tri-State area um, and great regional theaters where you don't have to adhere to the Broadway model. But I, I care about it. I've seen it. I, I know that it can be powerful, and I know that it can do more than it has done. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to work towards that. Yeah. Do you think you'll be in the producer space? Yeah. That's, yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, one thing I did want to ask before we go on to our uh, This Has Got to Stop is about Carousel specifically, because I think it's an interesting point about revivals, where you guys took out a part of Carousel, um, uh, which I find it's such a fascinating part of the musical. I think we've talked about it once on the podcast before, where uh, Billy Bigelow, spoiler alert, dies. Uh, and then at some point, at least in the original version, uh, he sees his daughter and hits her as the ghost or something. Yeah. And the daughter goes to the mom. And when was this musical written? Oh, gosh. I forget now. Uh, I don't remember the year. Is it in the 60s? 60s? Gotta be late 50s, early 60s. Yeah, I yeah, feel like I can't there. remember the year now. Yeah, yeah 50s, well, th- this will give you an indication of the time. The, the little girl says to uh, her mom, Mommy, can can a, a man ever hit you and it feel like a kiss? And she goes, "Yes, sweetheart, yes." And it is a it is a it is a, a I, I'm not making this up. I feel like there's a judgment like I like I was like, "What if we did this to the show?" And it was all a dream. Uh, this was this was in in the show and there's a degree where, okay, and here's another example. South Pacific, which I saw the revival of. The song Younger Than Springtime is about a soldier. Where is South Pacific set? It's in South Pacific. It's, the the South song Pacific. Younger Than Springtime is you are so young that I love you so much because you're young. And we're not talking like, oh, a youthful 21-year-old. Yeah. We're talking some... some and I go Asian. like, look... If you want to do revivals, you, you we got to admit what it is this was about. We have college kids. I sang Younger Than Springtime. Yeah. No idea I was singing about something, a crime. Yeah. I was singing it wholeheartedly, fully. Yeah. If I was singing it now, I would sing it like, Younger Than Spring. No one can know about. Nobody needs to know. Oh, that's a deep cut. Deep cut. Last five years, real deep. Uh, and, and... With with like Carousel, there's a degree where I'm like, write something new mm-hmm. if you well, don't want to confront the world that this is from. It's it's a degree of like it's a degree of what I think the squeakiness of Broadway, where it's not really confronting. You, and you go, oh, Robson yeah. and Hammerstein, they were so wonderful. And it's like, well, you have to confront that they also wrote well, this line, that, and we deal with it artistically. That was going to be my, this has got to stop. Uh, but it's uh, but similar in also in the way that sometimes they do revivals, and it's like, we're going to twist this one thing about it, which doesn't really make it that much more interesting. It just like it feels like a, uh, a trick to be like, look at what we do, look what we're doing here. Aren't we subversive or something? But it doesn't feel like it does anything. Like it, it's kind of still a boring show or not really related. <laughs> you know, does that make sense? We have these beloved revivals yeah. that mean so much to us, whether it's Carousel or you know West Side Story, and we have a different sensibility now. Yeah. We love the music. We love the yeah. emotional content. We love where the characters went. But then it just makes us cringe a little bit. So for, for a Broadway whose major audience is a little bit older, so they want, they need their, their classics, they need their music, because um, that's guaranteed money, for sure. Yeah. And, and we, we love the stories, but we just love like 90% of it, and the other 10% is like problematic. So that's been a thing that, <laughs> you know, you like write something new. For sure, and and Broadway also it's, has a hard time rolling the dice on new shows, which is another reason to your point where it's like go create your own thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Were there any shows that you were in there where you looked at the audience and you said, "Fuck, I'm not performing for like the." It's like a bunch of old, old. People. I want to perform for. You know what? It was um, when we did Porgy and Bess. 
Interesting. Um, we, which was like, it's pretty much an all black show. Um, and you're looking out and mm. you're like, there are not black folks out here. <laughs> like seeing this yeah. incredible thing moment that is happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are the moments you're like, you feel a little bit like, are you a part of this weird uh, puppetry? You're like, this is my dream. I want to tell this incredible story. But no one out there looks like me and is actually seeing this. Like it's, everyone is like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a weird sensation because we trained for this. And, and, and I love it. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, so is that your This Has Gotta Stop? Mm-hmm. All right, well, this is our second we do This Has Gotta Stop. Say something, you know, any, anything. I'll complain. It's, it's about, uh, no, no offense, it's, it's about, uh, this has nothing to do with Broadway, so forgive me. This is about your wife. Uh, you, we, we uh, Jesus, the look. I see that Shakespeare. That Shakespeare coming out. He's like, he's like I'm going to hit you. It's not going to feel like a kiss, I'll tell you that. It's going to feel like a hit. Yeah. I don't mean to be too blue at the end of this podcast. Yeah. We, we went to see a show, uh, my girlfriend and I, with, with your, your wonderful wife. Oh, my God. And we were walking to the car, and, and your wife said, oh, did somebody fart? And now there's three of us there. And now when she says this, she knows she's not one of them. So I do what I normally do. I go, I don't, I don't, I don't notice anything. Was and I mean, you? literally, you can't even see. That's was how, it, that's how intense this far was. So, well, Tove and I, Tove and I convene. So, so then I say, oh, I don't smell anything. And, and we get in the car and your wife goes, no, there's definitely, someone definitely <laughs> farted. And I, I go to convene later on with, 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 uh, with Tova, and uh, we found out that it was both of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was going to say, I was going to say, it's interesting, uh, because, you know, I'm in the sketch group with you, uh-huh. and I feel like you're the most private about farting. Yes. Than yes. everyone. I, I'm not that open about it. Like, I feel like Chris and Douglas yes. are, do it loudly. They go, they go, hey. Hey, and then they do they, it. They, it's, they do it. Like and Jessica too. Jessica, Jessica too. too. Jessica too. So I feel like I'm I'm usually I'm right above you in terms of but I will I'll say it if I'm going to like go and do it in another room or something. Like I'm open about it, but you I would deny it if I if someone's like, life was on I, the line. Yeah. If someone had a gun to your head, I'd say it wasn't me. Like, You're going to have to kill like him. Once or twice I've been like you definitely farted. Um so it's just interesting. Was Tova there at the time when this happened? <laughs> uh Okay, so that's that's. Uh, is, please yeah. send the word back back okay, to her. I, um, <laughs> I was shocked. I was shocked. Do you and her? Do you do you uh, do you go like you like? Hey, Nicole, catch this. Yeah, I, I, we're open about the farting. Sure, you know, you know. Sure, I'm not like seeking it out. Sure, not, like it's not like a kink. You know, I'm not like I'm not. It's not our thing, but you know. <laughs> um, wait, wait. I don't know how much time we have, but like, why, why, why the the secrecy around the farting? Like, um, I think. I think it must be a family thing. Like, listen, my, my, my girlfriend and I, were, were, we did Whole30 and we had to move past that. Uh, we just had to move past that uncomfortability with each other. But I think it's like, it must be a family thing. I, I don't know. I've always been like, my, more, my mom, always in the morning, she'd be like, oh, I got to take my morning constitutional. And I wanted to kill myself. I found something about it was so, I don't know. I feel so ashamed and I feel guilty. And, and How I, do you, I, like, for pooping, like, do you... Uh, I still keep the, the door closed. Yeah, no, the no, door no. closed with. Do you have like sprays or candles or? No, or you, no, I just don't want to talk shower? about it. I, I'm like, okay. I'm like, we'll, we'll smell what we smell. We all and, know what happened. We yeah. all know what happened. And my sister, she's different. That's why I don't know how. But my sister will be telling. She'll be like, "Did you just poop?" And I'm like, "Ah, ah, stop it! <laughs> I don't. What are we doing? Of course, yes. We all. It's like with Nicole. Of course, someone farted. <laughs> yeah. We know what happened. Yeah, it's yeah. not a mystery." Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. I think I think a lot of people are really comfortable with it, so it's just like, oh, I farted, you know, like. I just feel like it's something we gotta embrace. Yeah. You know. I'm not, if, getting, if, I'm not getting a lot of amens out here, but <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like, really? Yeah. It's the down underside. Um, uh, 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 the downside. And uh, do you have a this has got to stop? <laughs> um, I, <laughs> you know what I think has got to stop? When you call, I've been thinking about this for a while. When you call, make a phone call and you get like whatever business you're, you're, you're going for and they say anything other than exactly how much time it's going to be till you get to speak to someone. Mm -hmm. I I don't care, like, if it's Domino's. Hey, welcome to Domino's. No, 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 tell me. I want you to know down to the second, two minutes until I get to speak to someone. Like, that's just what I... Whatever the, the, the place is. It just really... The th- you, and you they know have, you, it's because they want you to hang up. All these things are yeah. so you hang up yes. the phone. Yes. The Over music. Line. Every time I'm like, yes. I hate that. Th- why do they play music? It's because they want you to hang up yeah. the phone. And then you press zero like five times. Oh, sorry. We didn't get that. Stop playing with me. It's yeah. like, tell me how much time. And, and yeah. I, don't know. I, I, I think it should be illegal for companies to say call times are, are longer than usual. Because we all know they're 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 what we does that all mean? they're it's it's always playing. It yeah. doesn't matter what time you call. And I I truly think that we should make a, a contingency to free speech where you cannot say that phrase. Yeah. If it's not true. <laughs> um, uh, I agree with that 100. percent So uh, 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 and then we do. You know we've complained a lot. And thank you, thank you for thank sometimes. You. Listen, sometimes you get Broadway people and they 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 don't want to they don't want to complain. They yeah, just want to sing great. a song. And uh, uh, they just want, oh, what a beautiful morning. We get it. Uh, but what a, what a shitty night it was. So um, uh, do you have a, uh, we end with a blessing, something we're appreciative of. Uh, do you have a, do you have a, a thing you want to yes, say? You start. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to blow yours out of the water. So okay. you might want to say yours. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Um, you know, I was thinking, um, I, I, I haven't done this, uh, this uh, on the podcast yet, Um but I would. I, I think I'm, I'm. I'm very thankful for my castmates at Titanic. They are very uh, welcoming, sweet, kind people. That are. Uh, it, it's a joy to be doing that show with them, and I feel like um, I just feel pretty lucky to be to be in the group that I'm in. I feel I feel very comfortable now, and uh, very welcomed, and um, everyone's super funny. They're a very fun group of people. It's true. You don't complain about the cast to me ever. It no. seems to be like really good. Uh, yeah, very other no aspects, sure, but not the cast. Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so so uh, we we have a podcast studio. And uh, we've been building it. It's it's been at Tova's old place, and and we have some some you know framed pictures, and it's a lot of me, you know, it's a lot of uh, uh, the downside, which is my big fat face and other plays. But I, I recently got two uh, photos framed of my buddy Russell. We got Russell. Uh, what what is this? What is this, Russell? Oh my what is god! This, this one's this is Touchstone. Touchstone. Oh, yeah. And then this is a, a Russell as some kind of. <laughs> Dark Shakespearean oh. <laughs> king. Which, what's that one? Uh, that's King John. That's King John. So uh, wow. we're hanging them up tomorrow, but I wanted you to wow. see. I got to send a picture uh, to make to my sure. friend Vince. Uh, oh, yes, please do. So and, and Nicole, for, despite the farting, she told us these were the two pictures <laughs> to do. So I'm thankful to her. Oh, my God. This is um, I don't think you were like imagining playing the piano on the on the <laughs> <laughs> like that's where you were i remember that when we did that photo shoot um the, it was the guy was playing very weird euro like tech 
kind of like like music the whole time. And I was like, this is such a weird, like we're doing a Shakespeare photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like very like coked up energy, like, you know, like. Anyways, um, um, well, good, good. And uh, uh, Joshua, do you have a blessing that you want to share? Uh, Thank you, John Marco, of course. What have I been thinking about recently? I'm grateful for like, for New York. And because it's such a beautiful place where you can see so many different aspects of humanity in like five minutes. I live on the Upper West Side and it's uh, close to the park, but every time I go, any anytime I walk in New York, I'm like, I get to live here? Like I get to see this, all these different types of people from many walks of life and this air is different. Anywhere I travel outside of New York, I'm always wanting to get back. So I, I just love it. I've been yeah. here for 16 years, and I just, don't y'all love it? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Like, for real. A study came out today that the air in New York actually will take five years off of your life, but I'm glad it's beautiful right now. Uh, it looks uh, good. And, 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 let's, and let's plug, because you have, uh, uh, please check out Joshua Henry's, all, all his Broadway work. I saw you in American Idiot, too, way yeah. back in the day. Wow. But, but, but tell us about, the, you have a new single out, Can't Nobody Tell Us Nothing. Yeah, Can't Nobody Tell Us Nothing. It's about that feeling of intimacy and fireworks that, of love that only the heart knows. Um, if you've ever been in love or hope to be one day, check it out. It's it's really cool. Um, and I just released that this first album, first song I'm gonna release from my album I'm releasing this spring. So check it Hell out. Oh yeah! Wow. Thank you. Well, well, give a big round of applause for Joshua Henry. This is the downside. Thank you very much. Hey, Good thank night. You, thank you. You're listening to The Downside. The Downside. With Gianmarco Cerezi.